You take one man's heart and make another man live. You even go to the moon and come back thrilled. Dixon there leading us off. This is uh, the Labor and Love Show broadcasting live from 2781 21st Street in the heart of the mission, El Mero Mero. And we're here broadcasting live from 10 to 12 every Saturday morning. You can uh, pick up our podcast mutinyradio.fm forward slash podcast go down to labor and love and find it that was Willie Dixon with you can't make peace here's what happens to you in the workaday world 20 years of schooling and what do they do 
They put you on the day shift. John is in the basement mixing up the medicine. I'm on the pavement thinking about the government. The man in a trench coat, bad job laid off. Says he's got a bad cough, wants to get it paid off. Look out, kid, it's something you did. God knows when, but you're doing it again. You better duck down the alleyway looking for a new friend. The man in the coonskin cap in a pig pen wants $11 bills. You only got 10. Maggie comes fleet foot, face full of black soot, talking at the heat, put plants in the bed, but the phone's tapped anyway. Maggie says the many say they must bust an early man. Orders from the DA. Look out, kid, don't matter what you did. But walk on your tiptoes, don't tie no bows. Better stay away from those who care out of fire hose. Keep a clean nose, wash the clean clothes. You don't need a weatherman to know it's where the wind blows. Oh, get sick, get well, hang around the inkwell. Hang a bell, hard to tell if anything is gonna sell. Try hard, get boxed, get back, ride rail, get jailed, jump bail. Join the army if you fail. Look out, kid. You're gonna get hit by losers, cheaters, six-time users Hanging around the theaters, girl by the whirlpools Looking for a new fool, don't follow leaders Watch your parking meters Oh, get born, keep warm, short pants, romance Learn to dance, get dressed, get blessed Try to be a success, please her, please him Buy gifts, don't steal, don't lift Years of schooling and they put you on the day shift. Look out, kid, they keep it all hit. Better jump down the manhole, light yourself a candle. Don't wear sandals, try to forge the scandals. Don't want to be a bum, you better chew gum. The pump don't work, cause the vandals took the handle. The war. It's really at home. And we heard this slogan, bring the war home. And that's what we're going to do. we got to bring the war home. we got to get them fucking coming rats. They're all over. You can't tell where they are. Up and down, sideways, inside out. we got to watch where we are. we got to watch them. Before they kill us. Can't take no chances. I mean, even them kids alive will grow up and be commies, right? If it's got to be a bloodbath, let it be a bloodbath. What I say is, kill for peace. That's the slogan. Just kill for peace. The more students we get rid of, the more peaceful everything will be.
And that uh, last one was Kill for Peace by the, the Fugs under the leadership of the redoubtable Thule Kupfenberg, who uh, just died recently, a lifetime organizer against systematic order, against capitalism, against repression of all kinds, against war, as witnessed by that hit, that 1979, I believe, hit, Kill for Peace, Thule Kupfenberg. And behind that, we had the subterranean homesick blues. This is the systematic pushing of middle-class boys, let's call it, into uh, uh, conforming a conformist lifestyle in the 1950s, 60s, 70s. And finally, it's capped off, of course, with 20 years of schooling and they put you on the day shift. You're a working man. You're going to work 40 years of your life. Put in time on your job to make money for someone else and then retire. Boy, what kind of a prospect is that? This is Labor and Love, and I'm the B, a.k.a. Bill Morgan. We broadcast live every Saturday morning from 10 to 12. And thereafter, we post our uh, podcasts on the mutinyradio.fm website, mutinyradio.fm forward slash podcasts. Go down to Labor and Love. This is the show, by the way, in case you don't know, where we tell you how it is. If one person got a dollar they didn't work for, also known as an investment, another person worked for a dollar they didn't get, also known as wage theft. If you don't have a seat at the table, the negotiating table that is, you're probably on the menu. And never, but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. Good morning, everybody. Hope you're having a good October 3rd so far. And thanks for joining us. Uh, Let's listen to some news now. Well, let's start out with a big one. This is a big one. This is... Bain versus CTA. Now, this was a case brought by a teacher named April Bain in Southern California. She and three other teachers alleged that they were compelled to relinquish First Amendment rights because they couldn't vote in union matters without paying dues. So, they basically, they wanted to be union members without paying dues. They wanted all the advantages of union membership, such as legal representation, on-site support, uh, 
medical, sick leave, all kinds of things that are in the contract that collective bargaining has gained. They wanted all those things, including being able to vote in union elections without paying union dues. This is another example of the right-wing attack on education, specifically on teachers' unions. Last year, a ridiculous verdict was handed down that tended to blame the lack of, of success in public schools, not to poverty of the students, not to the conditions of their lives, not to the great, great inequities in school funding. No, nothing like that. They blamed it on teacher seniority and their suit. They won their suit. I don't know who heard it, but somebody, somebody perhaps who's challenged. Okay. Here's Labor Radio. Workers Independent News We Can Review. I'm Doug Cunningham. United Auto Workers President Dennis Williams says the union is resuming talks with Fiat Chrysler in the wake of the strong rejection of the new tentative labor contract by UAW workers. Williams says he respects the vote of the members and that they have the real power over contracts in the UAW. He says he doesn't see it as a setback, just the results of a process that he respects. The major issue in the rejection vote was the two-tier wage system. Workers want to get rid of it and pay all auto workers the same wage for the same jobs. East St. Louis teachers went on strike Thursday, union spokesman Dave Comerford tells Workers Independent News the main issue is a big change in the pay structure that will hurt teachers for their entire careers. The main sticking point is the district is making a demand that would basically be the equivalent of what we're calling a career pay cut for teachers. They basically want to double the number of years it takes to move through their salary schedule. The criminal trial of former mining mogul Don Blankenship started this week. 29 miners were killed at his upper big branch mine in 2010. Blankenship is charged with violating safety rules, covering them up, and lying to the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. He faces 30 years in prison if convicted. The AFL-CIO Wednesday launched a series of race commissions meetings between executive council members and local labor movements. From Cleveland, Ohio AFL-CIO Civil, Human, and Women's Rights Director Carmen Berkeley explained what these race commissions are all about. We'll be having 14 of our AFL-CIO executive council members going around to different cities and having conversations with local labor movement to identify how can we strengthen our work through a lens of working with communities of color and how are we going to stop dog whistling and how are we going to stop allowing for race to divide the labor movement. Nursing home workers pressing their fight for 15 held a press conference outside Chicago's Villa of Evergreen Nursing Home on Tuesday. Latoya Thurmond, a nursing home worker, got active with union organizing a year ago. This is a definitely fight for our lives because we can't, of course, continue making these low wages. So it's almost pretty much a fight for our lives because we care about patients and this is what we love doing. We just should be paid a fair wage for it. 
SEIU says nursing home workers make an average of just $17,500 a year. Issues in this strike are just much like many other labor disputes is the erosion of jobs, good working class, good paying working class, middle class family jobs. IBEW 98 union steward Ken Agatone talking about the Philadelphia area NBC 10 strike. Two union members were struck by cars on the picket line and in another NBC 10 parking area since that strike started. Agatone says for the 65 striking NBC 10 IBEW workers, this strike isn't really about money. It's about job security and keeping the union contract jurisdiction over these jobs. Workers Independent News provided by Diversified Media Enterprises. I'm Doug Cunningham. Okay, that was Win International News. That was Doug Cunningham. Uh, always, 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 there's labor action going on. Uh, you're only alone when you're standing around and not doing anything. Okay, this is Radio Labor. This is a uh, worldwide report on labor. This is Solidarity News on Radio Labor. This is a Radio Labor World Report recorded on Friday, October 2nd, 2015. I'm Mark Belanger. In the report this week, unions in North America are opposing the Trans-Pacific Partnership Trade Agreement. Women tea workers in India are fighting their own union to win decent wages. International labor gets education put into the UN's long-term goals. The European Trade Union Confederation holds its Congress in Paris. And a UK union shows the way to greener workplaces. This is Radio Labor. While trade negotiators are in the United States this week trying to finalize the Trans-Pacific Partnership, labor leaders from the U.S., Canada, and Mexico are trying to stop the deal. The proposed trade deal, known by its acronym TPP, involves 12 Pacific Rim countries, which together make up 40% of the world's economy. The labor leaders from the three countries are basing their objections to TPP on their experience with the North American Trade Agreement. NAFTA, which was negotiated in 1994, had some tacked-on provisions to protect workers and the environment. But Richard Trumka, the president of the AFL-CIO in the United States, points out that those provisions were never enforced. The AFL-CIO is the largest labor federation in the United States. They didn't enforce those rights, and there's nothing in this agreement that will give them more ways to enforce workers' rights and environmental rights and to protect the American public, the American worker, and the American environment. In fact, this will encourage and give opportunity to foreign investors to attack our laws in ways that no U.S. citizen has. It's specific to corporations in special secret tribunals that they get to access and no American does. That's just not right. It's not good for the country. It's one of the old, tired features of NAFTA, and it's something that should be changed to modernize it and bring it into today's economy. It's a bad trade agreement. It'll hurt everybody in the economy. 
Not very often, but sometimes, workers, especially women, have to struggle against their own union to win fair working conditions and wages. Radio Labor's senior correspondent, Seamary Ainsborough, has an example from southern India. Thousands of women tea workers in southern India are continuing their struggle against the unions that supposedly represent them. The 6,000 women who work on plantations in the province of Kerala won an historic battle to protect their bonus payments a few weeks ago. They did this despite a lack of support from the male-dominated unions in the region. During the nine-day strike, the women tea workers banned men from speaking at their rallies and refused them entry into negotiations with the owners. The established unions reacted by trying to win back their influence by calling an indefinite strike after a meeting with management representatives. The women who had led the tea workers' strike were not allowed to attend the meeting. While the union-organized strike continues to be officially in effect, the women tea workers are ignoring the unions and have returned to their jobs. A new union to represent the tea workers is being organized. It will be led by a woman. This is Seamarie Ainsborough reporting for Radio Labour. The international labor movement has succeeded in making sure that free public education is one of the goals for the United Nations over the next few years. The UN has set sustainable development goals, known as SDGs, to be reached by 2030. They include quality education and fair treatment for teachers and other education workers. The inclusion of education in the UN's goals is a major achievement of the Global Union Education International. EI represents some 30 million education workers who are members of about 400 organizations in 170 countries and territories. The Global Union conducted an extensive campaign over the past two years with events all around the world to make sure that quality education was considered as one of the goals to be adopted. Its efforts succeeded when the UN voted to include education as one of its 17 long-term goals. Just after After the vote on Friday, September 25th, Susan Hopgood, the president of Education International, addressed the delegates at the UN Assembly on behalf of the international labour movement. Ambitious, comprehensive, unprecedented. Just a few of the words we have heard describing the Sustainable Development Goals. For example, For the very first time, the world is on record calling for free, quality, primary and secondary education for all, with qualified teachers in a safe environment. But now comes an even more difficult period, reaching these goals. Where the SDGs are lacking is in the commitments to implement the goals through financing and progressive public policy as well as a sound, accountable framework. Deeds, not words. It is obvious to us that the current means of implementation fall short. Commitments are not real unless they are binding. Public interest isn't protected if the private sector has unconditional access to public resources. The enabling environment needed to achieve the SDGs must include tax justice, including progressive taxation, strong public health and water and sanitation systems, and free quality education. 
The European Trade Union Confederation is holding its Congress in Paris this week. The ETUC is the organization which represents European national labor federations. During the first day of the Congress, the delegates adopted a policy on climate change designed to guide the organization as it plans for a major UN conference on the issue scheduled for December in Paris. Bernadette Segol is the Secretary General of the ETUC. on climate change. Everybody, including workers and their families, will be affected. And that's why we are ca campaigning for action, but also action for just transition, so that workers are taken care of, that they are protected, and they are prepared for this change. All of the national labor federations in Europe are represented at the TUC Congress. Clement Dimitrov is president of the CITUB, one of the federations in Bulgaria. It's for sure that there are no jobs on a dead planet. We have to be balanced, you know. We have to look for a fair and just transition. So it means that we have to secure the, the, the proper job for the workers which will be affected during this just transition will be educated, will be skilled, and then the investment will be there. One of the European unions which has been at the forefront of the fight for a just transition to greener, more sustainable economies is the Public and Commercial Services Union in the UK. The PCS represents about 220,000 workers, mainly in the country's civil service. I talked to Chris Boff, the Assistant General Secretary of the PCS. I asked Mr. Boff what his union is doing about climate change. Obviously the first thing is to raise the issue and to encourage members to not just recognise the serious state that the planet finds itself in, but also to get involved and to take it up through the union and through communities and through environmental groups. But perhaps more specifically from the PCS agenda, we uh, campaign and press for the provision of rights for workplace environmental reps who can work with employers in carrying out sort of environmental risk assessments in workplaces. We've consulted our members, for example, in the aviation sector, in the airports, where we produced what I think by most people would acknowledge is a pretty groundbreaking report, which looks at airport capacity, recognizes the potential damaging impact of opening a third runway at Heathrow, but seeks to reconcile in a very practical way our obligation as a trade union to protect the jobs, conditions and livelihoods of our members, but at the same time take up the environmental issues within both the industry and more broadly. We're engaged in campaigns around fuel poverty, in highlighting the grip of the six major energy companies the obscene profits they make at the point at which more and more people are plunged into fuel poverty, struggling to afford to heat their own homes. And that's it. International labor news you can use. I'm Mark Belanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity. Okay, that's our labor news from around the world. Uh, campaigns going on everywhere, all the time, as people around the world uh, 
try to make better lives for themselves amid the obscene plenty that the world produces. Let's listen to some music here. That, that Bain decision was a big victory for uh, teachers' unions, for unions in general. Because uh, the right wing is always attacking on these sort of strange uh, interpretations of things like freedom of speech. So these teachers were holding that they didn't have freedom of speech because they couldn't vote in union elections. And they couldn't vote in union elections because the union is so selfish. The union only lets its members vote in union elections. Basically, this woman, April Bain, said that she was happy that the union was there to protect her. She just didn't want to pay for it. So that case was thrown out. Had the good fortune this week to go down to Delano, a site called 40 Acres, where the UFW uh, has a little uh, compound and few buildings, one of them a gas station, some living quarters built by union members, and there was a dedication to Richard Chavez, the brother of Cesar Chavez, who was kind of the nuts and bolts behind the union campaign. Richard was a carpenter, and uh, one day Cesar came to him and said, you got to help us, you know, and we need... Uh, we want to get some money and have a credit, have a uh, credit union. Richard ended up putting up the money. Richard ended up doing a lot of the building around this area. So there was a dedication uh, to him. This is Lalo Guerrero. <laughs> de Delano Año del 65 66 más o menos Se levantó nuestra gente en los campos de Delano pidiendo mejores sueldos por trabajar el terreno wanted to raise their salaries. In the year 63, they got together. Strikes of the whole world. Cesar Chavez es un hombre. Solomon called Cesar Chavez. Y la dignidad del hombre. Un 
llamó tanto la atención este famoso motín que vinieron senadores a ver si le hallaban Conscientes de que se trata de un pueblo trabajador y decente con el estandarte hermoso de nuestra Guadalupana van marchando a Sacramento nuestra gente mexicana a luchar por sus derechos Dios bendito, a ver si gana. And the song referred to um, La Bandera Guadalupana, the banner of the Virgen de Guadalupe that represents we Mexican people. Cesar Chavez on September 26th. 1965. The actual strike began um, with Filipino workers who had, had just won a contract in the Coachella Valley or further south than that and then came to the Coachella Valley and started striking there for a raise. And the uh, rowers, as they would, were, were resisting And Larry Leong and Philip Vera Cruz, some organizers with the Filipino uh, workers' movement, went to Cesar Chavez, actually through Dolores Huerta, who had worked with them, and said, will you join us? Will the Mexican workers walk out and join the Filipino workers? Now, if you know anything about uh, farm workers in California, it's a, a matter of record, a printed record, that owners would use ethnic groups against one another. They would spread propaganda among the ethnic groups to have people uh, resist going joining together in a union. They'd pay one group more or they would reward those who went along with their word. And there was a lot of bitterness between those people in, in the fields. Uh, there were even instances where, say, Filipinos would be given one section Filipinos would be given one section of, a, of an area to work, but they couldn't go to another section because only the Chicanos and Mexicanos were supposed to be in that area. So this was a big deal. This was the Filipinos asking for help, and reportedly Chavez said that they couldn't help because they only had $60 or so in the Union Treasury. Chavez and Huerta had planned a longer-term program for building their union. 
They took the uh, request to a vote almost unanimously. The members of uh, Chavez and Huerta's Union, the United Farm Workers, voted to support the Philippine uh, strikers. So a, uh, a boycott was born, so to speak. <laughs> uh, I'll have more on that later. Um, I recently read a uh, document, um, a biography, sort of a, a general treating of the beats, and uh, specifically uh, Allen Ginsberg. I want to play a couple of things by him and a band called The Clash, who you might have heard of, that he recorded with. Um, I do want to talk about something that we should all be aware of, which kind of passes as just part of the status quo, and that's corporate malfeasance. That's deliberate attempts by corporations and their boards and their CEOs to cheat the public. And I wrote down a few of them just in a week or two. If you keep your eyes open, they happen almost all the time. Number one, recall of VW cars which were fitted with a device that self-adjusted to pass smog tests. But later, when they weren't being tested, reverted, their controls reverted, sometimes they would admit 40 times the pollution allowed them. This device was installed on some 700,000 cars. So what VW did was figure out a way to beat the smog tests and continue polluting. How's that for corporate responsibility? Do they get a, a good mark in the Better Business Bureau magazine? No. They're trying to kill us. They're trying to kill the earth and make money. They don't care about killing the earth. General Motors. Some General Motors cars have a faulty ignition switch. The car making giant confessed. So far they've killed 124 people. General Motors paid $900 million to the government to settle the case and walked away. $900 million. Slap on the wrist. Slap on the wrist. And, and the prosecutors would say, well, yeah, this is the biggest uh, you know, settlement we've ever had. And it's a slap on the wrist. How do you pay for those 124 lives that could have been saved if someone had been honest? Stuart Parnell, peanut company executive in Georgia, I believe, admitted in court to allowing salmonella-laced peanut butter to be shipped to retailers, resulting in the deaths of nine people 
extreme sickness in 746. That's you and me now. Let's get this straight. <laughs> We're talking about a system that gives people like this power. And who do they have that power over? You and me. They can give us crappy food and kill us and get away with it by paying a fine or by serving time in jail. A car manufacturer can cheat the smog tests and continue polluting and get away with it and pay a fine. Oh, yes, it's embarrassing. But they're not going anywhere. Finally, and this is this is one of the most egregious ones. Uh, let's play a song here while I'm looking for it. This is Labor Radio, and here's um, Allen Ginsberg live with The Clash playing a song called Capital Air. Then we'll have The Clash playing Ghetto Defendant and Ginsberg again reading Howell. Here we go. Capital Air. Yeah, we have something, uh, something never before seen and never likely to again either. May I welcome President, President Ginsburg. Come on, Ginsburg. I don't like the government where I live I don't like dictatorship of the rich I don't like bureaucrats telling me what to eat I don't like police dogs sniffing around my feet I don't like communist censorship of my books. I don't like Marxists complaining about my looks. I don't like Castro insulting members of my sex. Leftists insisting we got the holy fix. I don't like capitalists selling me gasoline, coke Multinationals burning Amazon trees to smoke Big corporation take over media mind I don't like the tough bananas that are robbing Guatemala banks blind I don't like KGB Gulag concentration camps. I don't like the Maoist Cambodian death dance. 15 million were killed by Stalin, Secretary of Terror. He has killed our old red revolution forever. I don't like anarchists 
screaming, love is free. I don't like the CIA, they killed John Kennedy. Paranoid tanks sit in Prague and Hungary. But I don't like counter-revolution paid for by the CIA. Don't like capitalism, nope. Everybody's lying on both sides. It's a joke. The bloody iron curtain of American military power is a mad mirror image of Russia's red level tower. No hope communism. No hope capitalism, yeah. Everybody's lying on both sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bloody iron curtain of American military power is a mad mirror image of Russia's red bevel tower. Jesus Christ was spotless but was crucified by the mob. Law and order, Herod's hired soldiers did the job. Flower power's fine, but innocence has got no protection. The man who shot John Lennon had a hero worshiper's connection. The moral of the song is that the world is in a horrible place. Scientific industry devours the human race. Police in every country armed with tear gas and TV. Secret masters everywhere bureaucratized for you and me. Aware, aware, wherever you are, no fear. Trust your heart. Don't ride your paranoia, dear. Breathe together with an ordinary mind. Armed with humor, need and help enlighten. Yeah, what I gotta call that? Right. Starved in Metropolis. Hooked on Necropolis. of Metropolis. Do the 
worm on Acropolis, slam dance Cosmopolis, enlighten the populace.
Okay, we had uh, Allen Ginsberg sing his song Capital Air with The Clash. Some of the the situations in the song are a little outmoded because uh, this was recorded in the early 80s. And uh, then we had The Clash with Ghetto Defendant. This is The B, and you're tuned in to Mutiny Radio. Every Saturday morning between 10 and 12, we broadcast live. And after that, we uh, put it on our list of podcasts. If you're looking for our podcast, Labor and Love, go to mutinyradio.fm forward slash podcast and find uh, labor and love I want to talk for a minute about our show show's been going now for two years I believe labor and love and uh, we came on originally as a show where I was just going to play songs that I liked (laughs) And very quickly, I got the idea that what was needed was a labor show that would put all kinds of recent labor news from labor movements around the world and all around the United States, including local labor movement news and commentary. I felt this all had to be covered, along with songs not merely about labor and the labor movement, but about the entire movement of resistance to capitalism, to the market uh, community, the market state. And uh, people have asked me, what does that have to do with labor? What does this have to do with labor? Talking about things like gay rights, women's rights, pro-choice. What does all this have to do with labor? Well, ladies and gentlemen, the entire social structure is set up as a machine for extracting labor from you and me and all working people in the form of our lives. When we go to work every day, those eight hours that you give up thinking about someone else's problems are making money for someone else those eight hours come off your life they come off your time here on earth and as i say the entire social system is set up to extract those eight hours and pay you less than what they're worth and we don't need to go through it again but we will Let's say you have a job where you earn $25 an hour. The person who's employing you can't pay you what what you're worth or else they don't make any profit. They have to pay you less than what you're worth. You get paid 25, maybe you're earning 40 or 50 with your work, whatever is you, you produce or whatever work you do. That's the only way a company can exist, a business can exist is by underpaying their workers. So, a woman in 
Southeast Asia gets uh, 40 cents an hour to make a shoe that sells for $125. And that profit goes into the pocket of Phil Knight, the owner of of, uh, Nike, and the board. Billions of dollars of profit. And on a lesser a lesser level, that's what happens to you every day when you go to work. So we're saying the entire social structure is set up to get people to go to work and to be bored and to do what you're told without arguing. When you go to work, honestly, isn't it true that you give up your constitutional rights? Of course it is. You don't have free speech when you have a job. You don't have the right of assembly right in the middle of that job. Oftentimes you don't have the right of assembly at all. So we say that, yes, it's labor and love, but labor implies much, much more than just working at a job. It implies a whole social structure set up to extract labor and make a profit for those that we call the 1% or the very rich. Okay, we're on October 7th, 1955. There was an historic uh, poetry reading at the Sixth Gallery here in San Francisco. And it was an extraordinary reading. And at this reading, a young poet named Allen Ginsberg stood up and read this poem called Howl. Here we go. Howl for Carl Solomon. I saw the best minds of my generation destroyed by madness, starving, hysterical, naked, dragging themselves through the Negro streets at dawn looking for an angry fix, angel-headed hipsters burning for the ancient heavenly connection to the starry dynamo and the machinery of night, who poverty and tatters and hollow-eyed and high sat up smoking in the supernatural darkness of cold water flats floating across the tops of cities contemplating jazz, who bared their brains to heaven under the L and saw Mohammedan angels staggering on tenement roofs illuminated, who passed through universities with radiant cool eyes hallucinating Arkansas and Blake light tragedy among the scholars of war, who were expelled from the academies for crazy and publishing obscene odes on the windows of the skull, who cowered in unshaven rooms in underwear, burning their money in waste baskets and listening to the terror through the wall, who got busted in their pubic beards returning through Laredo with a belt of marijuana for New York, who ate fire in paint hotels or drank turpentine in Paradise Alley, death, 
or purgatoried their torsos night after night with dreams, with drugs, with waking nightmares, alcohol and cock and endless balls, incomparable blind streets of shuddering cloud and lightning in the mind leaping toward poles of Canada and Patterson, illuminating all the motionless world of time between... <clears throat> Peyote solidities of halls, backyard green trees, cemetery dawns, wine drunkenness over the rooftops, storefront burrows of tea head, joyride, neon, blinking traffic light, sun and moon and tree vibrations in the roaring winter dusks of Brooklyn, ash can, rantings and kind king, light of mind who chained themselves to subways for the endless ride from Battery to Holy Bronx on Benzedrine until the noise of wheels and children brought them down, shuddering, mouth-racked and battered, bleak of brain, all drained of brilliance in the drear light of zoo, who sank all night in submarine light of Bickford's, floated out and sat through the stale beer afternoon in desolate fugazis, listening to the crack of doom on the hydrogen jukebox, who talked continuously 70 hours from park to pad to bar to Bellevue to museum to the Brooklyn Bridge, a lost battalion of platonic conversationalists jumping down the stoops, off fire escapes, off window sills, off Empire State, out of the moon. Yakety-yakking, screaming, vomiting, whispering facts and memories and anecdotes and eyeball kicks and shocks of hospitals and jails and wars, whole intellects disgorged in total recall for seven days and nights with brilliant eyes, meet for the synagogue cast on the pavement who vanished into nowhere, Zen, New Jersey, leaving a trail of ambiguous picture postcards of Atlantic City Hall, <clears throat> suffering eastern sweats and Tangerian bone grindings and migraines of China under junk withdrawal in Newark's bleak furnished room, who wandered around and around at midnight in the railroad yard, wondering where to go and went, leaving no broken hearts who lit cigarettes in boxcars, boxcars, boxcars racketing through snow toward lonesome farms in grandfather night, who studied Plotinus, Poe, St. John of the Cross, the Book of the Dead, telepathy, and Bop Kabbalah, because the cosmos instinctively vibrated at their feet in Kansas who loaned it through the streets of Idaho, seeking visionary Indian angels who were visionary Indian angels, who thought they were only mad when Baltimore gleamed in supernatural ecstasy, who jumped in limousines with the Chinamen of Oklahoma on the impulse of winter, midnight, streetlight, small town, rain, who lounged hungry and lonesome through Houston seeking jazz or sex or soup and followed the brilliant Spaniard to converse about America and eternity, a hopeless task, and so took ship to Africa, who disappeared into the volcanoes of Mexico, leaving behind nothing but the shadow of dungarees and the lava and ash of poetry scattered in fireplace Chicago, 
who reappeared on the West Coast investigating the FBI in beards and shorts with big pacifist eyes, sexy in their dark skin, passing out incomprehensible leaflets who burn cigarette holes in their arms, protesting the narcotic tobacco haze of capitalism, who distributed super-communist pamphlets in Union Square, weeping and undressing while the sirens of Los Alamos wailed them down and wailed down wall, and the Staten Island Ferry also wailed, who broke down crying in white gymnasiums, naked and trembling before the machinery of other skeletons, who bit detectives in the neck and shrieked with delight in police cars for committing no crime but their own wild cooking, pederasty, and intoxication, who howled on their knees in the subway and were dragged off the roof waving genitals and manuscripts, who let themselves be fucked in the ass by saintly motorcyclists and screamed with joy, who blew and were blown by those human seraphim, the sailors, caresses of Atlantic and Caribbean love, who bawled in the morning and the evenings in rose gardens and the grass of public parks and cemeteries, scattering their semen freely to whomever come who may who hiccuped endlessly trying to giggle but wound up with a sob behind a partition in a Turkish bath when the blonde and naked angel came to pierce them with a sword, who lost their love boys to the three old shrews of fate, the one-eyed shrew of the heterosexual dollar, the one-eyed shrew that winks out of the womb, and the one-eyed shrew that does nothing but sit on her ass and snip the intellectual golden threads of the craftsman's loom, who copulated ecstatic and insatiate with a bottle of beer, a sweetheart, a package of cigarettes, a candle, and fell off the bed, and continued along the floor and down the hall, and ended fainting on the wall with a vision of ultimate cunt and come eluding the last jism of consciousness who sweetened the snatches of a million girls trembling in the sunset and were red-eyed in the morning but prepared to sweeten the snatch of the sunrise, flashing buttocks under barns and naked in the lake, who went out whoring through Colorado in myriad stolen night cars, Neil Cassidy, secret hero of these poems, joy to the memory of his innumerable lays of girls in empty lots and diner backyards, Coxman and Adonis of Denver, movie houses, rickety rows, on mountaintops, in caves, or with gaunt waitresses in familiar roadside, lonely petticoat upliftings, and especially secret gas station solipsisms of John's and hometown alleyways, too who faded out in vast, sordid movies, were shifted in dreams, woke on a sudden Manhattan, and picked themselves up out of basements hung over with heartless tokay and horrors of Third Avenue iron dreams and stumbled to unemployment offices, who walked all night with their shoes full of blood on the snowbank docks waiting for a door in the East River to open to a room full of steam, heat, and opium, <clears throat> who created great suicidal dramas on the apartment cliff banks of the Hudson under the wartime blue floodlight of the moon, and their head shall be crowned with laurel in oblivion. 
people ate the lamb stew of the imagination or digested the crab at the muddy bottom of the rivers of Bowery, who wept at the romance of the streets with their push carts full of onions and bad music, who sat in boxes breathing in darkness under the bridge and rose up to build harpsichords in their lofts, who coughed on the sixth floor of Harlem, crowned with flame under the tubercular sky surrounded by orange crates of theology, who scribbled all night rocking and rolling over lofty incantations which in the yellow morning were stanzas of gibberish, who cooked rotten animals, lung, heart, feet, tail, borscht and tortillas, dream... <laughs> Sorry there, Alan. Uh, Alan got interrupted right at the end of his uh, poem, and I want to follow Alan Ginsberg um, with a little, couple of ideas about his poetry. Alan Ginsberg did for American poetry the same thing that. Uh, Walt Whitman did, or that Baudelaire did for French, or Apollinaire. He brought poetry to people. He used language that people are familiar with. This poem called Howl is a howl against Western civilization as it is practiced in the capitalist state. And he names that a couple of times and makes it specific. It's a howl of all the people, the so-called lunatics, gay people, people who just wouldn't conform to what society wanted them to do. And what did society want them to do? Go to work. Go to work. Be labor. Be cheap labor. Go to work. All right, I want to play something now. One moment. This is in reference to Volkswagen and how they are uh, participating in the rape of the world. Tracy Chapman.
Witness to the 
stand aside Watch the rape of the Raping the world. Tracy Chapman doesn't uh, doesn't make euphemisms. The rape of the world. What does this have to do with us? Well, of course, it's destroying our environment where we live. Pretty soon, uh, our environment itself will start to change, as it already has. And uh, only those who have the resources, that is the rich, will be able to buy their escape. The rape of the world. Number two is it's our work that's destroying the earth. So we have in our hands the means to stop the rape of the world. That is, stop going to work. Every day, capitalism renews itself when we go to work. Now, of course, I'm not saying, okay, stop going to work tomorrow. That would be great. But let's get organized so that we can stop going to work. I mean, we all saw what happened when a relatively large number of people couldn't or wouldn't pay their mortgages. The entire economic system shuddered. That's power we have in our hands. Those debts are our power. When we begin to stop paying those debts, the whole structure will shake and fall. This is the B, and you're listening to Mutiny Radio. The show is Labor and Love. The rape of the world includes the murder of its animals. Mm 
Buffy St. Marie. Can you remember the times that you have held your hand high and told all your friends of your Indian claim? Proud good lady and proud good man, your great great grandfather from Indian blood sprang, and you feel in your heart for these ones. Oh, it's written in books and in songs that we've been mistreated and wrong. Well, over and over I hear the same words from you, good lady. Going on here today. The government now wants the Iroquois land, that of the Seneca and the Cheyenne. It's here and it's now. You must help us, dear man. Now that the buffalo's gone. Buffy St. Marie, now that the buffalo's gone. It's our work that's doing all this. It was people's work that destroyed the buffalo. People's work that's raping the earth. Um, there's no way out of it. It's our work. And therefore, it's in our power to stop it. Here's Nas with Ms. Lauren Hill, if I ruled the world. like Lauren Hill there is out of power. Let's get something up here. Mm-hmm. 
Ms. Nina Simone. Cheers! 
noon by the clock and so still at the dock you can hear far gone miles away and in that quiet There's a train coming. You don't need no baggage. You just get on board. All you need is faith to hear the diesel's humming. You don't need no ticket. You just thank the Lord. I believe. I believe, I believe, I do believe, oh people get ready, there's a train in Jordan, picking up passengers from coast to coast, faith is a key, open the doors and pour them, there is hope for all among those loved the most. There ain't no room for the hopeless sinner who would hate all mankind just to save his own. Have pity on those who 
whose chances grow thinner Oh, there's no hiding place Against the kingdom's throne remember you gotta serve something
day trooper, maybe a young Turk, maybe the head of some big TV network, maybe rich or poor, maybe blind or lame, he's living in another country under another name, but you, you gotta serve somebody. Said, uh, reminding us that uh, you got to serve somebody all the time. She calls it the devil or the Lord. I call it the capitalists or the workers. It's up to you. But you always run into those choices. I want to comment about a children's book called Jolito's Big Decision that brings us to that exact situation. A young boy named Juelito has to decide if he's going to cross a picket line or his friend and his friend's family are picketing. What's he going to do? Well, yeah, what do you do? 
Anyway, this is the B, and I'm signing off. It's Sunday, Saturday, pardon me, October 3rd, 2015, and this is the Labor and Love Show, where we remind you if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, another person worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table, at the negotiating table, you're probably on the menu. And never, but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. Let's see here. The Internacional. Kerry Miraji, Japanese classical guitarist, will take us out. Chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite. I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby. Good. Because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again. And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com. That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive, pharmaceutical, free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com. Join us every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. for Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, bringing you the best of San Francisco's underground comedy scene here every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. It's only $2. You can bring your own beer and listen to comedy here every Friday, 8 to 10 p.m., 21st in Florida. It's mutinyradio.fm. The House of Pride radio show, LGBT radio for everyone. Funky interviews, funky beats, talking drag queens, and much, much more. It's LGBT radio for everyone. 
Listen live every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. House of Pride Radio, LGBT radio for everyone. Celebrating the considerable contributions of the LGBT community in San Francisco and beyond. Every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. Listen here for hot new local beats by LGBT artists and listen to live interviews. Tune in, turn on every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. House of Pride Radio with drag queen personalities, Tweeka Turner and Pearl T. Are you sick of reading the news? Do you even bother to read the news anymore? Do you need someone to read it to you because it's just so disgusting and depressing? If so, then the Weekly Review is the show for you. Join Roman Reimer as Roman reads the news, whether it be LGBTQ issues, cannabis legalization, prison abolition, police brutality, or many other issues that sometimes the media just doesn't feel the need to cover. Listen in, Fridays at noon, Mutiny Radio. Roman's also joined by activists, community organizers, artists, and many other great folks working to make the world a better place. Have no fear. The news is here. And if you feel like yelling about it, well then Roman will be yelling with you. The Weekly Review, Fridays at noon, on Mutiny Radio. Hello, comrades. This is your comrade, Zach Wiseman, host of government-sponsored program, Communist Folding Chairs, mandated by the Kremlin to occur every Monday, 2 to 4 p.m., broadcast by our comrades at mutinyradio.fm. Sit, relax, listen to my comrades in stand-up comedy, march honorably through their cold, balanced sets, and other comrades make fun of them. Because in Mother Russia, if you can't laugh about starving for turnip and beet, and attention, you are a capitalist pig, and the KB, KGB will visit you shortly. Every Monday, 2 to 4 p.m. Miren, miren! Es un pájaro? Es un avión? No! It's a man! Looking to invest in the future of your community? MutinyRadio.fm and the Boys and Girls Club Mission Clubhouse needs your help. Please donate to keep the Radio Clash Show Institute right now alive on the air every Thursday from 4.50 to 5.50 p.m. Donations are tax deductible. Donate online at www.mutinyradio.fm or just stop by the station at 21st Street and Florida. That's 2781 21st Street and throw some cash in the big glass jar. Stop by to experience live audience friendly shows every day of the week and know that you're supporting the future of the mission by keeping free speech alive for all ages. This PSA is brought to you by your friends and community partners at muniradio.fm. Hi, I'm Chuck Weiss. If you're an old baby boomer like me, pain is probably something you've learned to live with by now. Yes, there are drugs on the market that help, but they come with side effects and shouldn't be used for extended periods of time. But fortunately, there is an effective natural pain reliever available in this state, medical cannabis. 
Let me tell you about Alta California Botanicals. They're a manufacturer of fine cannabis tinctures. Now you can take your medication in liquid form, much more discreet than pulling out a pipe and lighting up. Alta California Botanicals offers five different formulations, each one addressing a specific medical concern. There are two that are designed for pain, one to be swallowed, of course, and a new one for external use only. I'm going to have to try that one myself on my arthritic fingers. There's a tincture for stress and one for anxiety. They'll certainly keep you mellow. And there's even one for people who suffer from MS. The cannabis tinctures from Alta California Botanicals come in one half ounce bottles. Each batch is laboratory tested and certified free of pesticides and mold. In other words, completely natural and unadulterated. Alta California Botanicals doesn't sell directly to the public, of course, but if you visit their website at Alta, A-L-T-A, CaliforniaBotanicals.com and enter your zip code, they'll give you a list of dispensaries near you that keep their tinctures in stock. Now here's a tip for the holiday season. Keep a couple of extra bottles of the stress formula handy. It'll help maintain your cool amongst all that shopping madness. I'm Chuck Weiss for AltaCaliforniaBotanicals.com. Do you have a great idea for a product or service but don't know where to start? Are you looking to expand your current business? Women's Initiative of San Francisco began its business management training program for low-income, high-potential women in 1988. To attend a free orientation on how you can achieve your dream of starting your own business, or for more information, please contact 415-641-3460 or visit womensinitiative.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Planned Parenthood is a trusted healthcare provider, an informed educator, a passionate advocate, and a global partner helping similar organizations around the world. Planned Parenthood delivers vital reproductive health care, sex education, and information to millions of women, men, and young people worldwide. For nearly 100 years, Planned Parenthood has promoted a common sense approach to women's health and well-being based on respect for each individual's rights to make informed, independent decisions about health, sex, and family planning. Please visit PlannedParenthood.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. The Berkeley Free Clinic was founded in 1969 as a street medicine clinic, but quickly found a permanent home in the Berkeley community. It has become an icon in the area. Howdy, people. You got black, black plastic coming at you. Be prepared. Sony Mission District.
Fuck!